0: Before we get started here, we just want to tell you we will be talking about difficult subject matter that might be disturbing for some listeners. This is a podcast about sexual abuse. There's also some swearing.
1: The individual all around and the Americans could lose the team gold.
2: It's July 23rd, 1996. I'm 11. My little sister and I are jumping on my grandma's slip covered couches watching the Olympics. The U.S. women's gymnastics team is kicking ass. Back in 96, they'd never won team gold. They needed one last thing to win. A really good score on the vault. Carrie Strug is the last to go. She's short, got a pixie haircut, and now she's the only one who can win the team gold. On her first try, Carrie Strug botches the landing, and it's right on her butt. I didn't understand the scoring, but I knew falling was really bad.
1: This this is scary. She is limping. Carrie is hurt.
2: Her coaches say, she's got to get back out there. She's only got one more shot. Carrie walks back to the vault, limps a little, and her eyes are focused.
1: She knows what to do. She will go when she is ready.
2: Carrie stretches her arms all the way up, takes a couple of breaths and then barrels towards the vault like her ankle doesn't even hurt. She sticks the landing beautifully. But as the crowd goes nuts, Carrie falls to her knees, crawls away from the vault.
1: Carrie's Strong is hurt. She is hurt badly.
2: She winces, holds back tears. Her coaches pick Carrie up, help her walk off the competition floor. And then... Her score comes in.
1: the the
2: The crowd is freaking out. Carrie is not. She's clearly in a lot of pain. On that TV screen, there's a young trainer helping to hold Carrie up. I got her, I got her, I got her, he says. Pause that. That guy. That guy right there. That's Larry Nassar. We didn't know then what we know now, that hundreds of women and girls would come forward to accuse him of sexual abuse. Larry Nassar will go on to become one of the worst serial pedophiles in U.S. sports history. But right now, in this moment, he's a baby-faced, up-and-coming trainer with the Olympic team. This moment will launch his career. He'll be one of the most respected doctors in Olympic gymnastics. And that's where we're going to start this story with Larry, the good guy. From Michigan Radio and NPR, I'm Lindsay Smith. And I'm Kate Wells. This is Believed. You were lucky if you had an injury where you got to go see Larry. I started seeing Larry Nassar at the age
0: of eight, right here in my hometown of Lansing.
3: Like I have been called the body
0: whisper. Larry gave us gifts, backpacks, shirts, a water bottle. I heard words such as, you'll love him. He can fix anyone or anything.
3: And that's how I've made my reputation, is very in tune to the person's body.
0: I remember out of the corner of my eye seeing potentially an erection. Do you ever get aroused during those exams? Do
3: I get aroused during
0: the exam? Yeah. I was like, okay, so, we're gonna have to do that more. Nobody was protecting us. I think my parents believed him. I knew it was always gonna happen. What if no one believes me? What if everyone thinks I'm lying? Those
2: fears go through your head the whole time. But what if I'm not believed?
0: What if I'm not believed? In this podcast, we wanna show you how this guy got away from parents, police, and powerful institutions for decades. Because once you know that, you will understand how they missed it and how you might have missed it, too. I've reported on the Larry Nassar case for the last couple of years. And so much of what you saw on the news was about his horrific crimes. And when you're watching this guy in shackles and an orange jumpsuit, it is really easy to forget why everybody trusted him. So... In this first episode, we are going to show you how he earned that trust. This is a training video Nassar put up on YouTube a few years ago.
3: An activity I like to use as a strength test as well as a strengthening uh, exercise is what's called the double leg lower down test. The athlete raises their legs up towards the ceiling, and then the coach... (laughs) This guy
0: looks like your typical suburban dad. He is silly, he is friendly, he is good at his job. He is a white guy in a polo shirt
2: with his cell phone holstered to his belt. Videos like this are why I can't stop thinking about this case as a mom. When I think about my two sweet little girls, I just... I really hope I would be able to spot someone like Larry Nassar, but
0: I don't know. And that's the thing, right? You are not stupid. You're an extremely good, vigilant mom. And we all think that we have these really good bullshit detectors. But I listened back to tapes of Larry Nassar before he got caught, and my bullshit detector does not go off. We're gonna let you hear what I'm talking about. Coming up in just a minute.
1: Support for NPR and the following message come from Stitcher. Sold in America is a new podcast looking at the billion-dollar sex trafficking industry in the United States. This powerful journey through the world of selling sex will take listeners across the country as the people involved share their personal stories and reveal some surprising misconceptions. Hosted by Muslim-American journalist and activist Noor Tagori Subscribe and listen to Sold in America now in your favorite podcast app. Support also comes from Ripple Safety, revolutionizing the way we stay safe by providing users with a professional monitoring team of safety experts available to keep you or your loved ones safe 24 hours a day anywhere in the U.S. Ripple is a tiny, discreet, dime-sized device that clips onto any keychain, bag, jewelry, or belt loop. At the push of this button, their team can send emergency services to the user's location. Order yours today at RippleSafety.com. Our Up First team goes to work while you're sleeping. That way you wake up to the freshest take on the day's news. It's the 10-minute morning news podcast from NPR. Listen to Up First on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Listen to this podcast from a few years ago. It's hosted by Jessica O'Byrne. It's a cult hit. It's called Gymcastic. The number one gymnastics podcast ever in the history of humankind, bringing you the most fascinating people on the gym gymternet. So after that 96 Olympics with Carrie Strug, Nasser goes from being a trainer with the Olympic team to its top doctor. He also becomes a professor of medicine at Michigan State University. Anybody who is anybody in gymnastics knows who this guy is. So if you could get Larry on your gymnastics podcast, that was a get, man. Um I'm just going to tell you that I'm totally biased in this interview, completely and totally biased because I just love Larry Nasser and I don't know when he sleeps, honestly, but he's just, he's great. Um, I'm going to stop going on and on about how awesome he is. On the podcast, Jessica says that watching Larry work is like watching Inspector Gadget. He is always doing a million things at once. But Larry told Jessica he had one very simple
3: motto. Gymnast first. Gymnast first. Gymnast first. Nothing, nothing, nothing gets in the way of gymnast first. Gymnast-centered their health, physical and mental, then comes everyone else. Everything else is secondary.
0: This attitude made Larry a unicorn. Because in gymnastics, even the best careers are brutal and short. By the time your kid is two, coaches are watching like hawks for something that they can mold. By age six, they know which kids have it and which ones don't. By the time you're out of college, Your body is just done, man. You are Brett Favre doing infomercials. So for those fleeting years in between, no matter how bad you're hurt, you suck it up. But on that podcast, Larry talked about pushing back against screaming coaches
3: and demanding parents. You have to protect your athletes. You have to let them know that we care. You have to not let them know, but let them feel it. Let them understand it. Let them breathe it. It's, it's there. You know, it's not just a pat on the back. You know what I mean? It has to be sincere.
0: Larry was the guy who saw you, who protected you. This is how he
3: earned your trust. And, and you screw up once with one of those gymnasts and it'll spread like wildfire. If you do something where you break they're trained of trust. you time.
2: done. Maybe you noticed we're calling him Larry. That's what most everyone called him coaches, patients, their parents. It tells you something about how much they trusted him.
0: And I want you to be able to separate this guy, Larry, in your mind from the Nasser on the news. Because that guy in court, he doesn't have any power anymore. But when it's one-on-one, when it's Larry, this beloved dude, that's where his power came from. It was always just one-on-one. Don Homer called
4: him Larry. Who did I trust to keep his eye on her? Larry. I knew Larry would not let her be hurt.
2: Dawn first met Larry in the late 1980s. Up until the very end, she thought of Larry as family. Her three girls were little then munchkins doing tumbling class for fun. Larry was an athletic trainer working at their gym, on top of his work for USA Gymnastics. Dawn just wanted the girls to burn off some extra energy, especially her oldest, Trené. She was jumping off the back of way too many couches. This is a home video from the early 90s. Trené is wearing the team leotard, long sleeves, red and white stripes, Dawn would watch from the bleachers with a mix of awe and fear.
4: And she would just give a little nod, just set her bottom lip, and off she would go.
2: Dawn would watch Trinae launch her tiny body from the springboard into the air, arms thrusting off the vault.
4: It was always just amazing to watch, to think that, geez, that's my little girl out there jumping around. And winning. And winning.
2: Did you catch that? Trine flashes her mom a smile and says, and winning. Trine loved winning. But in gymnastics, winning means sacrifice. Her mom, Dawn, remembers the coaches hosting a
4: big meeting at the gym. They said 100% of your children will be injured. 100% whether it's a sprained toe or a broken back. You're going to have everything in between. So we have a trainer that's available for the Great Lakes Gymnastics Girls. So my mind, I'm thinking, yes, we're in good shape here. If Trine gets injured, there's somebody there to help take care of her.
2: That somebody was Larry Nassar. He'd make you laugh while he iced down your bruises, taped up your shin splints, We talked to Trinae too. She says he even smuggled in candy in his equipment bag.
5: He'd walk in with his big old duffel bag, and it always smelled. Like, why not get a flippin' new duffel bag, bro? It's disgusting. But he'd walk in, and we'd get, you know, you'd come back, and if you were sad or crying, you'd get a Skittle.
2: One Skittle. Just one. She likes strawberry the best. And she needed Larry. They all needed Larry. Gymnastics is Punishing. Spend enough hours hoisting your body up and over those wooden gymnastics bars. Eventually, the skin on your palms rips right open.
5: It is extremely painful. You bleed. I mean, it's, it's not your favorite moment, but the only way to get through the rip is to do the bars on the rip.
2: Triné's mom, Dawn, remembers big end-of-season gymnastics parties where girls had to hold out their hands show their rips to get into the party.
4: They were badges of glory. Glory. That's how gymnastics gets in their head.
2: Trené's worst injury happened the summer before sixth grade when she flung right off the upper bar, landed on her face, chin, and neck. She remembers laying still on the mat in a pool of her own blood until an ambulance came. Renee broke her nose. She was in an arm sling, and neck brace. Kids at school thought she'd been in a car accident. And through it all, who was there to help her
5: heal? Larry. He taped my ankles. He taped my shins. He taped my wrists. He worked on my shoulder. And, and it works. It actually makes you better. So, you know, I mean, you don't become the Olympic team doctor by taping ankles well. You have to be able to make these girls comfortable enough to compete, and to compete well, and to win, most likely. So he was, like, in his own weird, goofy Larry way, like magic. Larry's was the
2: first face she saw after waking up from an emergency surgery when she was 16. She was so relieved when Larry said, You're going to be okay, kid. Trené and Dawn watched Larry's career take off, After the 96 Olympics in Atlanta, the one where he helped Carrie Strug bring home the gold, Larry brought back all kinds of gifts and mementos to give his club girls back home in Michigan. Trine remembers worrying Larry was getting so famous he might leave her gym. Because the truth is, you could know Larry all your life, like Trine and Don did, and never think of him as anything but the good guy. We're going to come back to Trinae's story in a later episode.
0: But for now, what you have to know is that Trinae and Don were not alone. If your parents couldn't pay Larry Nassar, he would treat you for free. The youngest of five in a devout Catholic family, Larry taught Sunday school. Once, his family says, he ran barefoot across the street in
2: the winter to help a neighbor having a heart attack. It took decades to expose Larry Nassar to break the good guy's spell. Not that lots of women and girls didn't try. I remember just feeling embarrassed. Like,
0: oh my God, I made this report. It was a mistake and he's gonna be mad at me.
2: The, my parents are gonna be mad at me. The police are gonna be mad at me. How Larry talks his way out of trouble with the police. That's next time on Believed. If you want to know more about this story, head to michiganradio.org believed. There, you can find out how that podcast host, Jessica Byrne, feels about her interview with Larry Nassar now, and why she thinks everybody needs to hear it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It'll help more people find the show. This week's show was reported by me, Lindsay Smith, and Kate Wells, produced by Juliette Hindley, with help from Paulette Parker. Edited by Sarah Hewlett with help from Allison McAdam. Engineered and mixed by Bob Scan. Jennifer Guerra is the show's executive
0: producer. Zoe Clark is our program director. Our theme music is by Paul Brill. Special thanks to Emma Winnowicki, Jody Westrick, Rebecca Williams, Vince Duffy, Amy Tardif, Len Niehoff, Nisa Khan, Hannah Rubinstein, Lara Molman, and Meg Kramer. And of course, the folks at NPR. Mark Mehmet, Ashley Messenger, Camille Smiley, Nigerie Eaton, and Ramtean Arablui.
2: Ever find yourself saying, that happened this week? Us too. All the time. I'm Tamara Keith, host of the NPR Politics Podcast, where we follow the political twists and turns and break down what it all means. Find us on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts.